series called uh, Prescription Church. And the idea is uh, don't... not get together is, is the habit of some, is basically what the scripture says. Don't neglect gathering together, which is the habit of some. And that Greek word is prescription. They've prescribed to themselves, I don't need church. I can do it on my own. And with the internet and with, uh, you know, radio, you can drive around. It, it, there's this temptation that you can avoid church. And what we've been talking about for these last uh, five weeks, this is our sixth week, is that we need each other. This is why we've made the chairs kind of the way they are. And it's fun to watch people come in late and try to figure out where they're going to sit. Because, you know, if you, it, like all of a sudden it starts swinging around. And you're closer than you thought. And it's kind of scary and all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing. I, I, like I said, I spent all, all week at... Um, youth camp and uh, I just wanted to congratulate us as a body of believers because at camp 10 kids were baptized yeah it's absolutely worth celebrating and and what I'm hoping to do this morning as I kind of talk about what it means to be a church what it means to be a community of people who follow Jesus and what it means if you're maybe new or you don't believe in God and you're just kind of at the fringe hopefully what you'll see is that the spirit of God is alive and is moving and and as we gather and as we become part of this community together God does great things through that and so that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. And, and uh, we talked a little bit about it uh, um, at camp. Basically, what we did is we went over um, three things. The first thing we started off with was the story of Noah and how Noah was building this boat. And, and God had designed the boat and designed the plan. And, and, he, and, and there was this finished product. The end in mind was this was this boat that carried animals and could sustain a whole earth being flooded right but but Noah had to go from all these boards you know all these things he had to cut down cypress wood if you're NIV go for wood if you're New American Standard and uh and and he had to get them all hewn and, and and he had all these raw materials and we were talking about how do you go from board to boat how do you go from these boards, these things about uh, holiness and, and purity and uh, knowing the scriptures and all this kind of stuff? I, it, it must have taken him a long time to build that boat. And it says in there that, that, that Noah was faithful in his generation. And I, I just want to tell you um, how our youth are growing. It, it's incredible to watch them um, to watch them at this camp and to see, I mean, I started teaching them some pretty difficult stuff and they were just like right on it. They're totally flourishing. They're totally blossoming. And it was really neat to see all the different leaders and exercising their gifts and the, the Callahans. If, if you're new, you might not know Denny and Romy Callahan, but they did the cooking. I, I guarantee you, I ate better at youth camp than you did at home. He made, he shows up with a smoker and, and he, he, he smoked tri-tip for one of the meals. Yeah. Get involved in youth ministry. Okay. (laughs) Their benefits are fantastic. Right. But just to see that. And then, then we, then the next night we spent talking all about, um, a purity 
and saving yourself from marriage. And we used really uncomfortable terminology and and it was just awesome to make all the kids squirm and I would say stuff and they're like, ew, but you know, and it's like they, the kids are giggling and all this kind of stuff. And we talked about the fact that purity is the path to intimacy and that if you can remain pure and if you can, if you can set your boundaries sexually, uh, that's the path to, to a relationship, a, a, a marriage that lasts. And that purity is the path to intimacy. Um, and then last night, we talked about the idea that no one should look down on you because you're young. And, um, and no one should look down on you really for anything, but rather in speech and in conduct and in love and faith and purity. You show yourself an example as those who believe. And I'm looking around that, 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 that the, all the kids around the campfire, they're getting it. They're totally getting it. And I started thinking, going back to Noah, they're being faithful in their generation. And so what we're going to talk about this morning is uh, out of um, 1 Corinthians, and it's in chapter 12. And last week we talked about communion, and we talked about how this was a real hard teaching uh, up in front, like in the front end of it, because before anybody knew anything about communion, before anybody knew anything about anything, Jesus Christ is standing in front of all these people going, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And everyone's like, gross. I don't want to do that. Ew, gross. And they left. And, and last week we talked that he turned to his disciples and he said, you're not, you're not going to go too, are you? You're not going to leave over this. And then now we, we, we find out after all that, you know, a few decades, you know, the church has kind of gotten started. And it's like, oh, he meant, he, meant, he meant communion. But they didn't know it back then. And so we talked about how the church early on had kind of ruined communion. They'd forgotten that, that, that we're a body of believers, of people who are following Jesus or we're on that journey of just discovering God together. And, and, and that, um, we, that we do it together and they had, they had lost that. And so we're still in first Corinthians. We're just a couple chapters ahead. And basically what Paul's saying is like, now that we've gotten communion out of the way and you guys can stop getting wasted during the communion time and you don't bring a bunch of food and let the poor go. Now that we've gotten that, then let's talk a little bit about our function as a church. Let's talk about our function as every single person who's here, who's a follower of God. Where do you fit in? How does it all work? And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, Paul starts it off with, hey, concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be unaware. In other words, I, I want to I I make this clear to you, okay? And we're going to start in verse 4. And I want you to get the, the excitement about what Paul's writing because it's really cool. And um, if I get like super emotional and weepy, it's just because of the baptisms this week. I haven't been able to get over them. Uh, there, there's this guy, George. Um, I just have to tell this story because it's just so awesome. Uh, we've been praying for George for some time. Here's how the baptisms went down. I'm totally off topic, but you'll get it. Here's how the baptisms went down. Um, we, we, we had that thing about Noah and we were talking about building your boat and, and, and building a boat that's according to God's standard and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And after that, a, a girl uh, named Caitlin came, came up to me and said, can I get baptized in that lake? I'm like, well, Jesus was baptized in a... Ri-. No, I, I didn't say that. I, I said, <laughs> like, like, here's this high school kid who wants to get baptized, you know? And I'm like, 
like, let's do it. Let's do it. And, and, and then we started thinking, you know, let's just have a baptism service. And so I just said, look, here's what baptism's all about. Here's the commitment you're making. You're, this board to boat thing, this is a lifelong commitment. You're going to follow Jesus for the rest of your life. This is what you're committing to. And, and uh, the, the ten, there's 10 people, and, and it was kind of cool because there was five when we got down to the water. But then just as the Spirit of God was moving, I mean, oh, God, it, you guys need, yeah, it was just really cool. We videotaped it. We're, we're going to try and get it all put together. But um, Caitlin was the first one to get, to get baptized. And, uh, and she's, she's brand new to our church. And so uh, everyone else wanted to get baptized by somebody else other than me, which, is, we, which we encourage, actually. We're, we're not, you know, trying to be all pastor-centric. Um, but, uh, and so they all had their, their people. Caitlin said, I'd, I'd like you to baptize me. And so when, when, I, when, I, when I had her, I, I kind of like just had the back of her head. And the Lord had just given me this word of encouragement to her. That, that there's, on the shore, there's all these people in line to get baptized because she had taken that first step. I said, you know, your, your, your willingness to step forward, your willingness to take leadership in this, there, there's many more people getting baptized because of you. I just want you to know I'm very proud of you. Uh, and, and, um, and so people were getting baptized and stuff, and, and, uh, and then George comes up to me and he says, uh, I think I'm ready. You know, I, I just, first of all, I didn't want to preach this morning because I should have stayed there because it was just so awesome. But I, I was just like, man, that, that, that point at which the Holy Spirit is on you. I, I don't know if you remember or if you feel it or if it happens a lot, but when that Holy Spirit is on you and it's like, yeah, I'm ready to go. And maybe that decision is I'm going to get out of this relationship or I'm going to, I'm, yeah, I'm going to step into this ministry or whatever. This is what Paul's talking about in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And George just says, yeah, I'm ready. And he wanted Kip to baptize him. And Kip was, he was a mess. A crybaby, man. <laughs> I'm just like, what's your problem, dude? Man up, you know? So, uh, no, it, it, was, it was just fantastic. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. Um, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working. That Greek word is energy. There's different kinds of energy. But the same God works all of them in all men. So here, here, here's what pa- Paul's setting up. He's saying, look, there's different kinds of gifts. We're all going to have different gifts. And he, after this, he names some of them, okay? And then he says there's different kinds of ministries. They're, they're, or, or in NIV says service. Uh, New American Standard says ministries. It's this idea of, of intentional service, not just, you know, giving five bucks to somebody on the street corner. It's like, it's like this is your thing. This is what, what drives you. There's different kinds of gifts. We all have different kinds of gifts. And there's different kinds of services, different kinds of service and there's different kinds of energy right and energy isn't like a mystical like uh, new age thing it's just like the holy spirit shows up differently in different people 
That's why you can't walk into a church service and one person's raising their hand, the other person's like this and say, he's not worshiping. You don't know what he's doing. It's different kinds of energy. They might just be fully contemplating and just folding their arms going, oh, I just want to feel you, Lord, like I'm hugging you. You don't know what they're doing, right? There's different kinds. We, We all express ourselves differently in the Holy Spirit. Now watch. But the same God works all of them in all men. And then he says this, wonderful, encouraging statement that I want to encourage you with. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. If you're a follower of of Jesus, you've you've seen this manifestation happen before. It happened to me when I had the back of Caitlin's head. The Holy Spirit said, encourage her, tell her. And I was just like, I'm just like, Caitlin, do you know what you did? You have all these people. They're getting baptized because you took that step of faith. You might, maybe you're at a party or something and, and you're just there and it's kind of boring or whatever, but someone catches your eye, not, 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 not to date, but someone catches your eye. And, and you can just sense, man, there's something wrong with that person. And you go up to them and you're just like, hey, are you okay? That's, a man, that's an appearance. Manifestation just means appearance of the Holy Spirit in your life. At, the whole idea is, God, Paul said, act on it. This is what it means to be part of a body. We're all different. We all have different gifts. We all have different things that tug at our heart, different service. And we all have different energy. It's by God to each one, every single one. The Holy Spirit has appeared for the common good to each one, okay? So he goes on, he says, you know, some have gotten words of wisdom, some have got discernment, some have worked miracles, some have the gift of tongues, some have the interpretation of tongues. This is not an exhaustive list. He's just kind of listing it like, so that people reading would go, oh yeah, that's right, yeah. Oh, I know that, yeah, okay, that's good. And he, he goes on and uh, he says this, All these things are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. God has given you gifts. He's created you in a special way because you fit in a certain spot, okay? And He goes on. He says the body is a unit, kind of that whole thing. And then He says this in verse 13. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body. Do you realize that? That if, if, you were, if you have accepted Christ, if you're kind of on this journey, you essentially were baptized into this body. Not necessarily living spring, but all over the world there are people who have the same spirit of God. The same, the same tugging, the same, some of them have the exact same ministry tug that you have. But they're just located in different places because it's all the same God. And then he goes like this, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, we were all given one spirit to drink. In other words, it doesn't matter what your cultural background is. It doesn't matter what your socioeconomic background is. You fit in the body of Christ. You are needed in the body of Christ. You are, you're not only needed, you are essential to the body of Christ. Now, for Americans, this is a tough thing to get over. Because we're not as communally minded as, 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 as history has been. And so oftentimes for us at church, it's we have our schedule. We go to church. We either like it or don't. 
we verbalize that somehow on the way home or whatever. Either, man, that was just awesome, or whatever happened to the pastor? What were they doing at the youth camp? You know, whatever the thing is. And it's kind of like a consumer. We go, we consume, we judge, not judge, but we, you know, rate. And then we go home, and then that's kind of the thing. This is not the way, this is not the community the scripture was written to. The idea is that we get together, we celebrate what God is doing and has done, which encourages us to go out to do it and to come back again, to be refueled or to be encouraged or whatever. So he says, no matter who you are, no matter whether you're Hispanic or you're uh, white or you're Asian or whatever, or you're rich, you own your own business or you're poor and, you, and you, you're, you, you're out of work, Listen, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Then he goes on. He says, now the body is made up of one part, uh, uh, is not made up of one part, but of many. And then he goes into these two extremes. And you might be on one extreme or the other, but I would imagine probably not because Paul does this on purpose uh, to kind of like fit everybody in. And so the first extreme is I'm of no use. God can't use me. The church can't use me. There's no, I don't really have, I don't know what my gifts are. I don't know. I've never really been good at anything. I I don't, essentially what this person is saying is God is just not powerful enough to get past me. Like, like I'm just, and it's not like a, it's not like a, he's not powerful enough to get past me. It's just a, I just, when he had all this designed, he didn't realize that I was going to be in the mix. And then I came and he's like, oh man, okay, almost everybody's useful, but not, but not me. And so Paul uses this terminology, um, kind of like going with this idea of the body. And he says, uh, the foot, uh, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. Like I'm, I'm just, I don't, I'm not like everybody else. Now watch, watch how Paul says it because it's really important. Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. Now, in other words, just listen to me. Paul's not saying, hey, look, just because you say you're not a hand doesn't mean you can't be used. He doesn't use that at all. He says, essentially, you are part of the body. You have no choice. Whether you say, well, I don't really know. It doesn't matter. Just because you say that doesn't make you not part of the body. You are part. And if God designed you and designed you to be a part, don't you think he thinks you're essential? In other words, I'll get to you guys. You guys are the other extreme. This is just the one extreme over here. Uh, You can listen in if you want. I'll get there. In other words, Jesus is saying, God is saying, you were created for a purpose. You are valuable. You are essential. And you're needed, whether you like it or not. Okay? That's the one extreme, okay? Here's the other extreme. They're saying, I'm of no use. You guys are saying, you're of no use. (laughs) Okay? You're the other extreme. You say, oh, yeah, no, I know what my gifts are. I took not only that, I took the gifts test, strength test, ministry test. I've taken every test. I'm A, 
be, I'm a lion, I'm a whatever the whole thing is, I'm a achiever, I'm a, I'm a, like you guys know everything and you're kind of surprised that everyone hasn't figured this out yet. Like God knows and you know and like how come they haven't known? Here's what Paul says to you guys. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. And now listen, none of us are in, maybe, maybe some of us are, are in these extremes. But what Paul's trying to say is, look, whether you think you're all that or whether you think there's just no way with the decisions you've made or how you've lived your life that God can use you, you are part of the body. It's why we turn the chairs this way for this last couple of weeks. Whether we like it or not, guys, we're it. We're it. This is the way God designed it. And so what we try to do at Living Spring is try to get people at least enough places open uh, in small groups and things like that so that people have a place to fit. But the ultimate goal, the ultimate goal is that all this ministry is going to be happening out of these walls. And so... Um, like I was saying, we, with the youth and with the children, I mean, we always need those workers, and, and, and that's great. I mean, right now, we're doing fantastic. But, but, but it's, it's, it, the goal is that we would find out this manifestation of the Holy Spirit. How is God using me? And then we would go out and be used by God. And then we'd come back and we'd celebrate what God has done. And we'd go out and be used. We'd come back and we'd celebrate what God has done. That's the ultimate goal. We're all part of this body being used by God. Now watch what he says in this next, in this next verse because it, it, really kind of, it really kind of sheds light on what happened this week at youth camp and, and, and what happened a couple weeks ago at junior high camp and what's happening right now with these kids. He says this. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know how you view the kids, the kids ministry and youth ministry and all that kind of stuff. It's like, it's like churches seem to somehow, like there seems to be like a, we are blessed because we're a multi-generational church that really love each other from top to bottom. Uh, um, my last church was multi-ethnic, which was awesome, but it wasn't really multi-generational. We're multi-generational, okay? And so it's really cool. But I, like, like those kids, they're indispensable to us. Like it's not just like we've got little babies and, but, but here's the thing. They're the next church, how we do in our job of helping those weaker members that are indispensable is going to come home to roost in 10, 15, 20 years. God does not have a plan B for us. This is it. How we're faithful with that. And what's so exciting is to see as some of these leaders have stepped out in faith and been used and they've been called into these ministry. And even as I kind of just wash my eyes over I can see other youth leaders that have been that still are that are taking breaks uh, that it paid off this week 10 people baptized congratulations we're doing it it's working 
And Paul says, hey, those, on the contrary, those, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker, they're indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. Now, can you imagine a church where all, everyone kind of feels like they've, they've seen the Holy Spirit working in their lives? And they begin to search out. And they, they, there are various kinds of gifts. So we all have our different gifts. We begin to seek out what our ministry is. And we get past all the kind of American corporate, uh, you know, CEO and then board of directors. And then we just get past all that. And we understand that God's economy oftentimes is flipped upside down, right? I mean, he, who did he celebrate? Who was the greatest giver essentially of all time? It was a widow who gave a penny, right? That's, that's Jesus' way of, of looking at things. But what, what did he say? You want to be in absolute first place? Awesome. Be last. You want to live? I mean, you want to live? Die. Like, you know, it's like, Jesus, this is not going. I, can we get something else? But see, this is, so, this is what makes it so exciting. If you feel like, man, I've only got this much to offer, you're in a great spot. Maybe your manifestation of the Holy Spirit has been getting involved in one of those ministries, either with the children or with the youth or something else. And maybe through fear or insecurity. I, I remember talking to somebody. They don't attend church here anymore. They had to move to another state because uh, of the police. But the thing is, no, I'm kidding. They didn't, they didn't want to, it was a joke. <laughs> they, um, they wanted to get in, involved in youth ministry. I mean, God, God was like on them on this. I mean, they, they were sensing the Spirit of God pulling them into youth ministry. And you know what was holding them back? In high school, they were picked on so much because of, you know, how they looked or whatever. But they were afraid that if they went back, I mean, this is a grown adult. If they went back to the high schoolers, the same thing was going to happen. That's a lie from the enemy, especially with our youth. I might do that, but they would never do, no. But see, see what happens is that we get so caught up in, in, in this, well, I don't know, and, I, and God is calling you. The Holy Spirit is manifesting himself. He, he's talking to you, saying, that's your ministry. And if you would be like Caitlin, that little high school girl who just says, I, I want to get baptized, you have no clue of what God's going to do through you. See, Caitlin didn't know what her spiritual gift was. She, she didn't know, I don't know what her spiritual gift is. She couldn't memorize, she didn't have any scriptures memorized. She said, she, here's how she described it. She just said, she said, I've, I've made some really bad decisions in my life. And I, I just, I just want to be right with God. And she's like, that's, that's all I know. I'm like, that's, that's all you have to know. One, one girl that got baptized, um, it was her second time being baptized, and she was really excited because uh, she doesn't go to this church, but she was really excited to go to another church and get baptized. Uh, so this would be, I, I, said three, I said three baptisms, and she said, yeah, I was dedicated when I was three, so it's one for each year uh, before I was dedicated. She says, it just makes me feel so good. And I'm like, well, technically, you know, no, I, I didn't, I just, I'm just like... Yeah, see, this, see, here's the thing. She didn't know what to do with the Spirit of God on her. And so she's like, I'm just going to get baptized because she's naive or whatever. And we celebrate that. And we say, Could you, you want to get baptized? Go get baptized. 
Somebody want, you want to start a sewing ministry? Start a sewing ministry. You want to go talk to your boss about Jesus? Go do it. Let, let the Holy Spirit manifest himself. We're all, it's, it's, no, listen, let me, just, let me just show you what happens, okay? I'm getting outside of myself. He goes like this. Uh, so verse 23, and the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And then in verse 25, it says this, I guess, so there should be no division in the body. See, oftentimes we see this happen, right? We, you attend church for a while, and, and, and it's natural in any organization where there's a certain push for a certain way, uh, and, and, and so somebody feels marginalized or whatever. This is not the way Paul intended. Uh, God intended through Paul. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Now watch. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, 10 baptisms in our high school ministry, every part rejoices with that. You, you know, it, it's funny. You might think, well, I didn't really, I don't even, I don't know any of the kids. I didn't even know we had a high school ministry. There's something about just being together where the Spirit of God is here, whether we're worshiping or we're listening to the Word or whatever, there's something about being together. And sometimes the way, we, the way we run our high school ministry is we try, again, not to make it high school ministry centric. And so there'll be some, like my daughter, sometimes will, will ditch high school ministry and sit up in the back or sit over here because she just wants something different. And when she sees all of us here, it builds her faith. You didn't know that. You just said, oh, I don't want to get up this morning. Oh, all right. Oh, you know, you know, you probably fought on the way over here. I Listen, I've been to church, okay? <laughs> I know how it goes, all right? You know, it's like, I'll leave without you. You know, I know. I, I, everything you've said at home, because I, I was there before I was here. So everything you've said at home and thought in the car on your way to church, I have said and thought, okay? So that, that I don't anymore because I'm spiritual, but... Um, <laughs> But see, you, you don't know that. And you wouldn't know that. But see, this is how God created the body of Christ. That just those little things of obedience, of going to church, just, you know, and, and giving, and I don't mean to make it a money thing, but just, you know, there were kids we were able to pay for. One of the girls who got baptized did not pay for camp. Free baptisms? What are we doing around here? <laughs> But see, that's the thing. You didn't know that. I mean, the Spirit of God maybe is telling you, hey, you know what? You need to get more faithful in your giving. You're like, oh, 20 bucks. What's that going to do? What's it going to do? You don't know that when, see, when we're together as the body of Christ, all doing our part, things happen. Watch what it says. That the part should have equal concern for another. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored... Every part rejoices with it. Now I'm going to jump to Ephesians chapter 4, and it's not in there. And, uh, it says this, From Him, which is Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament. The idea is that, uh, you know, th- there, are these, there are things in your body you don't even think about. Stuff that's in there, and I don't, unless I'm watching the Discovery Channel, I... Quite frankly, I don't really want to know most of it. But, but there's, there's supporting ligaments that you never see. 
right? The ones that allow me to do this. They're in there. They're super important. If you took them out just because you don't see them, right? As every, uh, joined together and held by every supporting element grows and builds itself up in love. Listen, as each part does its work. Do you know what your work is? It's so simple. It's to hear the spirit of God and to obey. If each of us, all different, we've, we've already heard different gifts, different ministries, different services, all these types of things. If, 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 if we would all just, all we have to do is listen to the spirit of God and obey, we grow. Not in numbers, necessarily. Hopefully, hopefully there's many people coming to Christ. But we grow. We support each other. 